Go, Lucius, for goodness sake, said Eumenes. I can't concentrate while you're exchanging secret messages. Lucius put down the cloths he was using, wiping his hands on his tunic as he stood up. As soon as he reached the doorway, Isadora pulled his arm, and he saw that her eyes were sparkling. I've just seen your uncle, she said. That's not something that usually makes you happy. He's talking to Crassus, Isidora went on. We should listen to what they're saying. They might be talking about your brother. Look, I've got work to do here, said Lucius, exasperated. Oh, stop arguing and just come. She grabbed his hand and dragged him down a corridor and out of the gladiator school. Lucius blinked in the dazzling sunlight. Where are we going? he asked. We're not allowed to leave the building without permission. She rolled her eyes at him and tugged him towards the public bathhouse next door. Lucius was expecting them to be stopped by the porter, but he stood aside as they approached and returned Isadora's smile. I sometimes work here as a cleaner during my time off from the school, Isadora explained to Lucius as they entered the atrium of the baths. Lucius had never been inside a public bathhouse before. He gazed at the vast hall with its high-vaulted ceiling, mosaic floor and massive marble columns. On one side a group of bare-chested young men were lifting lead weights and doing squats and press-ups. The atrium echoed with their shouts and grunts. On the other side was a row of small shops and salons. Traders were busy selling hot and cold snacks. Others were selling trinkets, including wooden models of gladiators. In one stall, a barber was trimming the beard of a rich-looking man in a toga, and in the small library and reading room next door, a scholarly-looking gentleman was peering at a scroll. Isadora led Lucius towards another arched entrance, where a queue of visitors were waiting to hand their coins to the portly ballonator or keeper of the baths. "'Hello, Beto!' she called out to the ballonator as she and Lucius bypassed the queue and slipped through the entrance. "'Mind how you go, Izzy,' he smiled. They walked down a crowded corridor that ended in a white-walled chamber, the apoditerium, or undressing room. The walls here were lined with low stone benches and pegs at head height, where bathers' clothes were hung. The room was spacious, yet full of clamour and loud talk, with people dressing or undressing, handing their clothes to attendants, or demanding to know where their clothes had to go. Isidora and Lucius fought their way through the throng of naked or semi-naked men and reached one of the four doorways leading off the apoditerium. This was the tepidarium, or warm room. It felt like a heaven of tranquility, following the bustle of the apoditerium. Slender, graceful columns surrounded the rectangular pool like trees around a woodland pond. The walls were filled with frescoes of nymphs and pastoral scenes. The floor felt warm beneath Lucius's sandals, heated by the hypercore system built underneath the bath complex. Through the steamy air, Lucius glimpsed a few men swimming lazily in the pool, whilst others lay on tables around its edge, receiving massages from slaves. The slap of hands on flesh, combined with the gentle splashing sounds from the pool, was very soothing to Lucius. He could smell the perfumed oil used by the masseurs, it reminded him of how his father used to smell after a trip to the baths, and for a few seconds he was transported back to happier times. Then Isidora broke into his daydream. They're not here, she said. Who isn't here? asked Lucius, forgetting why they'd come. Crassus and Revilla, she replied, frowning at him. Who else? 
They were here not five minutes ago. They must have gone to the Calderian. Come on. She led him down a short passage into a smaller, plainer room filled with clouds of steam. The Calderian was closer to the furnace that heated the hypercourse and was much hotter. Lucius could feel his tunic becoming soaked with sweat. He could see several figures lying on tables. Slaves stood over them, rubbing oil into their backs or scraping off the oil and sweat with a curved blade called a strigil. It was hard to identify anyone amid the gloom and the steam, but he thought he recognised his uncle and Crassus lying next to each other, speaking in a murmur. Lucius and Isidora darted behind a fat pillar close to where the pair lay. They crouched in its shadow, listening as hard as they could to what the two men were saying.